Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the New Hollywood Podcast. Here at Deadline, my name is Dino Ray Ramos. And I'm Amanda Nduka. And, and welcome to summer, guys. Yeah, it's, it's officially summer blockbuster season. Which Where means... When did it kick off? I think July 1st was... July what? 1st? No. Isn't July think, 1st the official day of no, summer? No, I think it's May. May, yeah. I was no, going to say official, May 1st. I'm talking about the official day of summer. Oh, oh that's I like think it's June, June 20th. 20th is like right. the official. Like the, like okay, seasonally. Okay. I thought it was like July 1st. Okay. But uh, like the movie season. It movie season like, starts May 1st, yeah. I think. But then Avengers like pushed It always. It seems like it's always so. happening yeah. earlier and earlier oh, every yeah. year. Soon it's going to start in February. Yeah, We'll start in February this year. With Black Panther, actually. And like that's when like I feel like we're getting like bombarded with all these like big blockbusters. Yeah. yeah, like I just saw Jurassic World. Yeah, so, did you like it? So let's see. I've seen Jurassic. Okay, like I, I've seen Jurassic World, Incredibles two, Ant Man and the Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. already. What else is? Um, those are. The, I think those are the. Those three are probably. I mean, if you look at the ones. top three, what were the top three movies of the weekend? They were all sequels. It was yeah. all. It was Jurassic World two. It was Incredibles two. It was what was the other what one? What was the third one? Well, Deadpool two is Deadpool like Deadpool is there. considered. Yeah. yeah, that was Sicario two. I think it was. was <laughs> yeah. it oh, it's, it's probably Sicario. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Sicario. <laughs> I don't Sicario know if that's <laughs> really a summer movie. I mean, because that's a heavy movie. Like to be like I. I honestly. There's so many unanswered questions from the first Sicario. Yeah, I mean, we I did Sicario three Lost Kingdom. I <laughs> did see, did, did Kingdom. No, I started I watching Sicario one time. Like I haven't watched all the way through because I was like, I cannot concentrate, so I had to like kind of put on the side. So I'm, I'm, I'm holding off on. I mean, that's a little bit. T- I want something fun like yeah. Jura- a Jura- Jurassic World. That was, I that actually was, just recently saw Jurassic. That was World. fun. That yeah. was a it's fun not the movie. Best. It wasn't. Yeah, exactly. But if you look at <laughs> it, was kind of. It was yeah. <laughs> Have you? Did you know that all the Jurassic. Uh, Park movies are on Netflix now. Like, um, oh, Jura- uh, not uh. Jurassic World, but, but like, like Jurassic the old, Park, the, the original, the Lost World, and Jurassic Park Three. So I watched all three of them. Wow. Jurassic the, compared to like the, the last they two have ones are like I'm sorry they're, yeah. they're horrible. <laughs> Do you remember they're, them? I, I haven't seen three, but I really yeah. like Lost Kingdom. You did? Yeah, and the 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 poster that you see for oh the Lost World Jurassic Not the Lost World yeah, yeah, for yeah. Jurassic World Two Fallen Kingdom mm-hmm. the poster you see is like this girl in bed and like the oh dinosaur. that was yeah 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 that was and that's cool. like really reminiscent of the second one where oh, he like they, goes into suburbia yeah, and yeah. That's like right? backyard. That's there were a lot of callbacks to um in Jurassic World Two. Jurassic Park, like the the original ones. Like I remember when this spoiler is so alert, confusing. Jurassic <laughs> Park two, Jurassic right. Park. Because no, remember, like in the, the original, OG, the OG Jurassic where Park, where the girl she was trying to escape from the the raptor, and then she was trying to close this. Like she was in the kitchen, and she was trying to close this door so they wouldn't mm. at- attack her or whatever. The same thing happened in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom when the girl was in the dumbwaiter trying to close oh, the yeah. door and then the, raptor, and then the, like the, the dinosaur oh, was trying yeah. to attack her. So there's like these, I don't know if that was Pay, intentional. Paying homage to the, to, yeah, the, but to the original. I found that the, I, I jumped a lot in Jurassic World. Like It's kind of scary. There's oh, some really? scary parts. You know what I saw that was scary? My sister and I went and saw the first Purge. We were, my sister was freaking out. Like, it's, it, I don't, have you guys seen the Purge movies? Yeah, I mean. Okay. I think I've seen, like, two of them. And yeah. I How many are there? They're, they're, I think they're, they're three. And then they went, this one is a prequel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is one that shows you how it all starts. I also rode the ride during Hollywood Horror Night. Oh. <laughs> which is horrible. Like, not, like, horrible, like, bad, because 
it acts like you like you you act like you're gonna go on the tram ride, right? You know, like the back lot tour, and then they're like, all, "Oh wait, it's the purge! Everyone get off and walk back." Oh wow! <laughs> so, I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> and then you just like walk through, you know, what the back lot tour would be like. Guy, they got you, and people just jump out at you and run after you. Yeah. I I cursed out a lot of people. Like I'm a big scaredy cat when it comes to haunted houses, so I was like cussing at people. I was almost hitting people. Mm. But yeah, I would recommend <laughs> <laughs> to do it. No, I like I liked it. I was I thought it was very. I mean, you could tell this one was like super politicized. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it it had a lot of parallels of what's going on like right now. You could like some some of it reminded me of the Black Lives Matter movement. Some of it reminded me of like what happened in Charlottesville. And mm. you can tell like he used a whole bunch of those elements in this movie, which I thought was an interesting. It made it a little bit more interesting to me than just. I'll give it more depth. Your horror movie, if you don't have social commentary in your horror movie these days, it's like, it doesn't count as a horror 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 movie. They weren't, like, they weren't originally like. No, like in the 70s, I think there were. If you think of like a Halloween. What was what was the big message? Well, okay, this, no, is, but like, this is so Night interesting. Of the Living Dead and I remember really. like I took a class in college called Women and Minorities in Mass Media, and we broke down slasher films, and it was very interesting, like how you know the there there would be the the heroine always had a masculine name, and how the weapon would be something that penetrates and not shoots. It, it was very mm. interesting. That is interesting, actually. Yeah, so, and I think, like, and then, like, in the 70s, like, I think there was a bend to, like, I don't, I, I, social commentary. Like, I remember I Spit on Your Grave. That was a big feminist movie because it mm. was about a girl who goes in the woods and gets raped by a bunch of guys, but she comes back and kills, and kills all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I think there is, like, cycles with yeah. horror movies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely was like I said, the first purge you, you could tell. Like he was definitely inspired by. Well personally I'm really jealous that you guys got to see Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah. like, I mean you I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah. I was I don't know if I would watch it again. <laughs> I mean this one I think it's one of I've those heard movies it's fun, it's stupid. Just, it's just fun. Like it's just a like, fun It is so movie. aware of how kind of ridiculous that it's not ridiculous, but like this guy shrinks. Yeah. That's his yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it's fun so like yeah. it's so and it's like I think Paul Rudd's character I think we see the world through his eyes through through um through, through his his what's uh, Scott Lang that's yeah. his name mm-hmm. because he's throughout the mo- whole movie or even the first one he's all Ant-Man's kind of a stupid name can we change yeah, it yeah <laughs> I, I love how he was he didn't take himself seriously yeah. I think that's what and like you said something on your Twitter like it's like a good remedy to what we oh, yeah. went through with <laughs> like a, it's like a chase a good chaser yeah. to Infinity yeah. War like a, a, the perfect chaser because it's just it's just a fun and it's a good it, they, they release at the perfect time exactly too. it's not like edge of your seat like you know type of action mm-hmm. but it's still I think it I mean it did it, it did the story justice and like I said I loved Paul Rudd I think he was he was Paul, and Rod, Michael Paul P- Rudd he was really fun Michael Pena has oh, more to yes. do. He's so fun in it. Um, and then, yeah, and it's it's a it's a good it's a good movie. And, yeah. So, but anyway, for any yeah yeah yeah, and the Wasp. It's Ant Man and the Wasp. Is. It's the and it's the first um, Marvel movie with the t- in the title. There's a female. Character. Yeah, and I, yeah. do you think would they give her her? Do you think they're gonna give her her own? No, they've been. There's been that talk about having an all female Marvel movie. Ooh. And in in the comics. 
nerding out here. Wasp is a fi- founding member of the Avengers. You're right. You yeah. told me that. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. She might be the one to kind of corral everyone to make a yeah. female. Well, and Black Widow's and Black, yeah, Black, Black Widow's, Widow's, ha- Black Widow's finally. Happening. I know. And um, uh, Captain Marvel's coming Captain out. Captain Marvel. So I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see like what movie's gonna like reign for the sun. Like what's gonna come out on top. Like I mean. Speaking of specific like summer movies, mm-hmm. like I, I, people are saying that Jurassic Park is probably going to be the the big the, winner. The big winner, yeah. It, I mean, it's not going to overtake. Yeah, Avengers it's not. Infinity yeah, it's War. not. If we're if we're including that in there, it's already what number three of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Wait, Jurassic World is no, no, no. no, no. no. Avengers, Avengers is in the number four right now. Yeah. But I don't know how. I think. Jurassic World. I mean, I will watch Jurassic. Or World what about again. Uh, what's it called? Um, Incredibles. Incredibles. I don't know how that's true. Incredible 2, I think, had a big drop-off after its first weekend. But still, it's, it's, gonna, it's probably going to be a billion dollars. All of these like, are fun It's it was the It was the, what's the highest-grossing animated movie of all time. Incredible. Opening, and, yeah. Uh, or opening, Incredible And plus, two. like... 14, was it 14 years? Yeah. People were, have been waiting for yeah. this, and maybe they got and apparently, yeah, it's, and, yeah, it's worth the wait, I hear. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's fun. I haven't it's seen fun. it yet. Um, cool. Well, speaking of blockbusters, yeah, our, speak- our, our <laughs> guest was part of a huge franchise blockbuster, blockbuster films. The, the, the Twilight The series. Twilight Saga. It's the a Twilight, Twilight Saga. Stories. Saga. <laughs> I said stories. <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, our, our guest uh, this week is Justin Chan. Um, he came uh, on here a couple of months ago, I think. We yeah, recorded. It was- it, he was he was in the middle of filming his At show time, Deception. Yeah. Unfortunately, it got canceled. But he he's done some awesome things besides Twilight. Yeah, he was. He, was, Twilight. he just had that movie Goop. Yeah, yeah, Goop. Not um, just, but he that was his first. Um, like his first. Uh, like I think it was his second directing. Uh, but this one got so much attention at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, really good too. Yeah. Have you have you seen it? I haven't yeah. seen it, but yeah, he really when good. I met him, he was just like yeah. a really funny guy, really great guy, and uh, I love this interview. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and his his uh, Gook is just like the L.A. riots told from the Korean American mm-hmm, perspective, mm-hmm. and and it, it was, was filmed. In, yeah, it was very personal because his his family was affected by the riots, and it was filmed in black and white. A lot of people were saying it was like his do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And there were similarities, but I think it's still it's such a strong movie, and I think uh, Justin's going to be a, a, a strong filmmaker. It's de- yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's setting it like kind of this precedence of what he can do. So, without further ado, here is Justin Sean. So we are here with the one and only Justin Chan. Thank you for coming on to the New Hollywood Podcast, Justin. You bought your fat burger. <laughs> have you? Yes. Sorry to call you out. No, <laughs> I'm I'm excited to be here. So, like, what made you want to become an actor? And were there like any actors or specific actors or movies that influenced you know, like, kind of you saw that on screen or on TV, and you said. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I don't want to do that. Or can I do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, I guess uh, what made me want to be an actor is growing up. My dad was an actor in South Korea when he was about ten till about twenty-five. He was like the Macaulay Culkin of South Korea. Oh, nice. So I grew up watching his black and white films, and um, that was interesting. But I never thought that's a possibility. You know, being a kid of the '80s. Mm-hmm. You just didn't see, you know, Asian Americans on television. Um, and then, you know, I, w- I went to USC. I, I got, I, I was getting a business degree. After freshman mm. year, I 
did an internship in Silicon Valley, and you know, Silicon Valley is supposed to be progressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even that felt too restricted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's the second person we had a we had a what's the, Wesley William, Wong. Wesley from, Wong. Uh, yeah, he from, said he went to business school, did finance, and oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that sounds <laughs> and, about right. <laughs> didn't, yeah. Didn't click over there. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Click. Yeah. So like when you first started auditioning um, and kind of getting into the game, what kind of roles were you auditioning for, or what kind of roles? You know, were available. Up, you were available yeah. even, or like, were you just were were they were they race specific, or were you just going out? Yeah. Um, in the beginning, they were very race specific, uh-huh. but almost to the the point where I remember I auditioned for The Shield once, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, it was for a Mexican gangbanger, uh-huh. and I just remember thinking like, oh, this is like so random. How could you? Uh, see me as uh, is right for this role. Oh, so it was the the role. Like, the breakdown said Mexican gang gangbanger, banger. and then and it was speaking Spanish. Okay, and, and they like, <laughs> and they Wait, said, really? Yeah. So you know, sometimes like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's weird like that. You know, um, they're like, oh, you're Asian, but it's close enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, kind of. You know, in a weird, like, messed up way. Oh wow! But um, in the beginning, there were there were you know a lot of. Very race specific stuff, and it was either that or like very tiny, tiny co stars, or mm-hmm. you know, like where you say one thing, it doesn't matter, anyone could say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, in the beginning, I did a co star for uh, Jack and Bobby, um, and uh, I did a bunch of I did a series of T Mobile commercials, mm-hmm. it was for their like pay as you go plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was part of this, this uh, poser posse, and um. We'd go like it was like a little wannabe gangsters, um, but even back then, I uh, I think I was so used to being typecasted that in that in those series of commercials, I typecasted myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I went in and I did like a fake sort of Asian non-specific accent. They thought it was hilarious, and I got the job. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, well, did, the, did the like other people in that posse or the, your. Were they doing accents no, too? No, oh, okay. it was just me. And I got the thing, and I just felt, I remember it was a good lesson in the, to start off in the industry because I remember starting to shoot the commercial and being really uh, embarrassed and really mm-hmm. kind of regretting my decision to do that, make that choice, because I had done it to myself. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting at lunch, and uh, I was really kind of down, and, and this African-American guy was sitting across, across from me, and he said, why, why long face? And I said, you know, and I explained to him, I, I was like, you know, I auditioned for this and I, I gave myself an accent. I, I kind of regret it now. And he just looked at me and said, now you know better. <laughs> and since then, I oh, wow. have not taken anything yeah. racist. I have not, I've always tried to take roles that um, show Asian Americans in a great light. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a good learning experience. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so you've directed a couple of things. Uh, I guess fast forward to, to sure, right yeah. now. Um, a man up was one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I read that. Yeah, that one. Let's see. I that one seems interesting. And then a uh, gook, which is the the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, first question is what? How early on did you know you wanted to create your own content when you started your career? I think I always made stuff. You know, even back then, I always had a. I was you know, I always had a, a DV cam. Even in high school, like I would shoot stupid skate videos and stuff like that. And then um, when I started acting, I would always be the annoying kid next to the camera asking how everything mm-hmm. worked. And then, um, you know, and going to each department and asking what everyone does. And 
you know, so I kind of got a knowledge really quickly of like how the set works. But in terms of directing, I think when everything got more accessible, you know, there was a DVX 100 and the HVX, Panasonic HVX, like these, there's these prosumer equipment that became readily available and a lot of people had access to. I started making a lot of shorts mm -hmm. and it was just on the off time. Um, and I'd be in most of them and I would edit them together. And I had a friend who um, did sound for like, um, you know, like reality shows. So he would just on his off time, help me mix them. And, but, um, you know, as an actor, there comes a point where you're just like, like I have no say whatsoever mm -hmm. in the roles that I uh, am eligible for. And, um, you know, it started to be, you know, what would I like to see on screen? And um, trying to figure out ways to tell those stories and get the money to tell them. Um, so that was like Man Up, you know, it's a stoner comedy. And mm -hmm. they just happened to be Asian American, two Asian American kids grow that grew up in Hawaii. And it didn't matter what race they were, they were just idiots, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but that was something that I was like, oh, I'd love to see something like that. So I made it. And then Gook obviously was. You know, it's the 25th anniversary of the LA riots, and my family, we had a business in Paramount. We got looted during the, the riots, so, I mean, that was a very personal thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and I'd seen so many iterations of people uh, trying to make an LA riot story, and I was like, okay, if I don't do it now, and yeah. we're upon the 25th anniversary, it was last year, mm. I was like, I'm never going to get a chance. That, yeah. that was uh, the reason I made that film. Yeah. Um, and then let's talk about your your new show right now, Deception, on ABC. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your character? And then we'll, we'll start with there. Let's, yeah, <laughs> let's start yeah. with yeah. Tell us about your camera. Will. <laughs> <Really> <laughs> <more>. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I, played a, I, I play a character named Jordan Kwan. Um, the premise of the show is there's an illusionist, Cameron Black, and, you know, um, he has his own personal stuff that happens, but it, it kind of pushes him in a direction to have uh, some run-ins with the, the law and the FBI, and he um, starts to understand that maybe the, you know, he has a twin brother in the show, and, and he realizes the fastest way to maybe get him out is uh, helping the FBI, and he does that by, you know, setting up illusions or treat, uh, tricking criminals, um, and, uh, you know, there's a huge illusion slash magic element to the show, and I'm a part of that team. Mm -hmm. um, how did you train for that? Yeah, did you did have to? Yeah, did you go to magic camp? <laughs> <laughs> Tennis camp, now magic and camp. Magic camp. <laughs> uh, one of the producers is this magician named David David Kwan, mm -hmm. and um, he you know he performs at the Magic Castle. Okay, and, oh, I want to go to the I Magic know, Castle. I, I have not been yet. You yeah. need to know. Can we get us in? Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, and he just uh, he you know he. Does a lot of uh, magic for you know everybody. You yeah, know, yeah, and, yeah, and also is like very very well known in the industry. Um, so he was a consultant on Now You See Me, the first Now You See Me. Mm, okay. And um, you know he was a producer on the show, so he helped us get ready and taught us some basic stuff we needed to know. Um, and we also have another uh, magician named Francis, and he the two of them create a lot of the illusions on the show, and and. Uh, Every episode, they let us know if there's some special skills we need to know. But, um, you know, Jack Cudmore Scott, who is the lead, um, has the bulk of it, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of like the daily mm -hmm. practical magic. So um, he trained a lot. And uh, when you 
see the show, he's very effortless with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, we all had to get some sort of training. Mm-hmm. Is it? Do they tell you a lot about like the secrets behind there? Because what, what is the saying? Like a good magi- magician never doesn't never, yeah. never reveals. Did it kind of ruin the whole world <laughs> of magic for you? If you are a huge magic fan. <laughs> I'm a huge magic yeah. fan. So I'm like, I don't want to know anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in, in a way, it's like it does lift the curtain because it's all about like misdirection. Yeah, yeah. But that's mm-hmm. kind of what the show is about. It's mm-hmm. like, how do you misdirect and create sort of pers- uh, forced perspective and stuff like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. But I feel um, as a storyteller, though, there's so many parallels to filmmaking because you're kind of being like a magician. Yeah. You set up yeah. all these things and magically at the end it seems like oh my god you, you have all these like sort of epiphanies as an audience member but it's all like set up throughout mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. film you that's know, true so uh there's parallels there yeah yeah definitely because um I, I watched the pilot and and there, there's this kind of fun energy about that yeah. show it, it reminds me of almost like um like an 80s kind of Drama or like an action mm-hmm. picture, for like a TV show from the '80s that has this interesting concept, and they fold it into this, like you know, this magician comes in, and is like, "Oh, I want to help y'all solve these crimes," <laughs> and they're like, "All right," but yeah. And then you mentioned like there's, there's a twin. I didn't know if that was a spoiler or not because I just mm-hmm. watched it like the other day, and I was like, the the pilot and, mm-hmm. and how he has a twin and how I don't know if I'm spoiling it, maybe I am, but like how that the twin plays a role in his illusions mm-hmm. yeah in the i think before yeah. the show started yeah it yeah. did yeah but um you know the third episode just played yesterday yesterday so i mean um spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> you know um uh-huh. but um yeah you know i agree with you okay. there is uh it's one of the main reasons i was very attracted to the show was it's so so much fun mm-hmm. you know um and i feel like television should be fun yeah. you know and there's plenty of sort of drama and dark stuff out there, but you know, sometimes we just need shows that are, are there to entertain and and um, you know, the the group dynamic is so great and that stuff is always you know so much fun to to film because it's like um, you know everybody has their specialty and yeah and uh, you know. And you work with Vinnie Jones too. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. So. Shifting to something a little bit more serious. Sure. Not really. Uh, well, it is serious. <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, um, so cultural appropriation and whitewashing of roles, that they've kind of been surfacing a lot lately. Um, you know, have you have the cultural appropriation talk with the Bruno Mars stuff, and then you have whitewashing of roles with a lot of Asian characters. Um, and then most recently, Wes Anderson's movie, Isle of Dogs. Mm. Yeah, Wes Anderson is getting some backlash for appropriating Japanese culture. Mm. Um, but like being in the industry and being, you know, an Asian American actor, what is your take and how do you see cultural appropriation versus cultural appreciation? And is there like this kind of uh, fine line? Yeah, <laughs> there is a fine line. Yeah. Appropriation is where there's no regard mm-hmm. for the other person's culture. Yeah. Appreciation is where, where you take the time to do the research yeah. and understand the intricacies and the nuances and and uh, of the other culture. Yeah. Um, you know, to speak to Isle of the Dogs, I don't know. I haven't yeah. seen that film yet. 
Um, but like based on just kind of, I think a lot of Asian Americans, what I, I've noticed is like when that poster first came out, yeah, and it had a bunch of white actor names and I had like one or two Japanese names mm -hmm. and with like Yoko Ono on there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah. So people immediately thought, oh my god, because I, mean, I, I got, I saw it, and I had no problem with it. But yeah. there are a lot of people who are who have issues with it mm. and. Uh, but like in, in cultural appropriation by itself, like it's alone, it, yeah. it's tough. You? Yeah, yeah it's tough say. because you know if you didn't tell the story, there'd be no exposure at all. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that's sort of that's a good point. Yeah, the dilemma because, um, you know, Wes Anderson, he's not, he's not Japanese. Yeah. So for him to tell it from as a, if the main characters were Japanese, I don't know how much he would be able to relate with it. You know, um, and you know, at the same time, if I was to direct a film and I directed a film about, you know, Norwegians, mm. I don't know, like it's just, I, I, it's a tough, it's a tough sort of thing. You know, I saw, you know, in terms of Bruno Mars, yeah. uh, they asked Stevie Wonder, I, I think I saw on TMZ, yeah. 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 And, and Stevie Wonder was just like, music is music, music's for everyone, you yeah. know? Um, so there's a lot of different perspectives, I think, you know, I think if it's used sometimes for comedy, it can get yeah. a little tricky mm -hmm. because <clears throat> are you making fun of the culture or yeah. are you or are you using? And it's also yeah, I think the pe the problem people have is is it for financial gain? Mm. Is it just for financial gain? Like you know we you know we saw it with Ghost in the Shell and all that stuff and mm. um, I, I don't know you know it's it's a it's a tough thing. Me personally, I, I I think it just I think it points to the fact that like okay, I have dogs is his own thing, yeah. right? It's his own he. But when it comes to like uh, intellectual property that comes from source material, yeah. like Ghost in the Shell or, uh, or uh, some other properties, yeah, yeah. I think it really needs there needs to be an effort to hire um, the writers and directors that are of that mm -hmm. ethnicity yeah. because then there's some sort of, at least there's some sort of um, upbringing and authenticity from their voice. At least they have some sort of experience so mm -hmm. they, there's a little bit more truth in it. Mm -hmm. But when it's not, then it, then I think it truly does become whitewashed. Yeah, yeah. I think he had, a, he did have a, a Japanese person yeah, yeah. consult. I, I, um, uh, it's, uh, his name was Kunichi Nomura mm -hmm. and he, he's worked with him before on mm -hmm. like some of his things, but um, he was on set. He has a story by credit. Uh, um, I did interview him recently, and he said that Wes Anderson was always asking him, "Is this right? Is this right?" Is oh, this then right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Then I think that's yeah. fine. And I mean, it, it's it is a fine line. Like there's this like balance beam because you're not gonna please everyone. Yeah, yeah. I re I remember uh, I was reading something when Detroit came out um, about how it was problematic because it was telling a black story through a white. Lens. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I was thinking about that and I'm like, I don't necessarily believe that you have to be of that ethnicity to, in order to tell um, an authentic story. But like you said, it's uh, it's good to have a writer or consultant or somebody just 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 kind of, you know, be be, I guess, a checks and balance type uh, presence. Absolutely. Um, just to make sure, like you said, because it's I mean, it's it's very nuanced and nobody can really tell. I guess technically nobody can really tell a story. Um, the same way that like I couldn't tell an Asian story the same way that yeah. sure. no matter how much research I do, you know? Sure. Um, 
But at the same time, like you said, it's good that they are there. They are out there because you want those stories to be out there yeah. um, to get exposure. But um, it's it's, it's like yeah, yeah. having the right people around, surrounding you yourself with the right people to tell that story. Yeah. Like, sure. If it was like five white dudes only telling that story, mm. and plus it's Isle of Dogs, so it's about dogs. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? But. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just having the right people at the in the writers' room or in the table or just like being a producer, just to have you know the checks and balances. Like yeah. The, yeah. You were in this very small film called Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a small franchise that didn't really. It didn't really yeah. go anywhere. Um, Never shot. <laughs> nobody ever saw. Uh, anyways, you played Derek. Uh, oh, Derek. Eric Yorkie. Um, if you, rem- I'm just kidding. If you remember. Um, so, just a fun question: If you were to recast the Cullen Clan with all mm. Asian actors, oh wow, <laughs> who would you? And we can go through the names. So, yeah, we can help you. Who out would? There. Who would you cast as Edward? It's gonna be. We were thinking about it. We too. were thinking we're like, about it because like we want to. We want to help yeah. you out. But I'm like, it's really. It's gonna be Edward. Like, who, would, who? Who would make a good Edward? Like, but see, yeah, Asian Edward. Someone, Maybe Wesley. Someone Wesley Wong. Wesley's very yeah. like. Well, I don't know if he's brooding, but he's yeah. very like good looking. Yeah. <laughs> and I think who would like who? Who would be a good Edward? See, this is like this is. We also wanted to do this to kind of make a point as well. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a, have yeah. you know. What Asian American actors are out there? I think, uh, you know, I don't know. We could maybe. Guy from Edge of Seventeen. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good call, job. Yeah. The guy from coming, Edge of Seventeen. What's his name? The, behind the producer's booth. <laughs> what's I his think name? Hayden I, Sato. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he would be better, like as Jasper. Oh, okay. You know, a little bit more yeah, playful. Yeah. You know who could be Emmett? Um, the guy. From from uh, 13 Reasons yeah, Why. Red, the guy who played Reggie. <laughs> oh, yeah. 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. Yeah. He, he would be perfect for yeah. Oh, we good job, you guys. Yeah. We're, we're flowing Sorry. here. Um, um, I, I want to say John Cho will play Carlisle. Car- yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Steve Yoon could be Edward. Oh! Yeah. Oh, but see, but isn't he a bit older, though? I, well, yeah, no, but, they, no, but they're vampires. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they're vampires. They could be any age. That's true. You're right. Um, <laughs> so if you were a career magician, this is going towards the deception route. Um, <laughs> in real life, what kind of magician would you be? Would you be more of a Chris Angel, a David Blaine, or uh, you know a David Copperfield? What's the difference? Well, like one's <laughs> a street musician, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. magician, okay. and then one's more of like he has a spect- like, like spectacle, like a Vegas and, show and, type and, magician. Yeah. Okay. And Copperfield is, you know, uh, Chris Angel's more like punk rockish, yeah. you okay. know, and Copperfield's more like traditional. I would be David Blaine. Okay. Because you could do your magic anywhere. Yeah, and he does yeah. some like the last thing I saw was the ABC special when he did the caught the bullet in his mouth. Yeah. I don't know if you watched that. It was well, like, he also did insane. this one thing where he just stayed in the box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, I don't know if that's really. Uh, would that be? Yeah. Is that magic? I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's a good yeah. question. Because he did, he does do things he that does like do, yeah. That's a good question. Like, I remember he does like basically performance art. Sometimes. Yes, yes, yes. I remember then, he like he he revived a dead bird one time. I don't know if you saw oh, really? that one. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, is yeah. That, see that? Yeah. Yeah. And he one time he did barf up like a frog or something. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's yeah. that's a different kind of yeah. magic. Okay. <laughs> no, that's called maybe that's I don't know. Is there a movie or TV show that people would make fun of you for loving? 
Oh, so many. <laughs> um, Pick one or two. One of the one that would surprise people that kind of don't surprise know. Surprise people. I love. Uh, okay, it's not really like a like. Um, it's not really like a show that's like a narrative show. I love Forensic Files. Okay. okay. On on HLN. Okay. I don't I know why. That. Every time I'm traveling and I'm in a hotel room, you just watch it. I watch that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I just watch how they got caught. I don't know. It just, it's, <laughs> those are good. Those are interesting shows. Yeah. I, I, Brian Tyree Henry t- say the same thing that he watched. He might have. He yeah. might have. Or snapped yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Something along those lines. I don't know why. Um. Okay. Um. And then our final question is: We always ask all of our, our guests this question: um, Is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it be an actor, director, storyteller, producer, who is not in the mainstream that you think a lot more people need to pay attention to and deserves time in the spotlight? Like, so many. Yeah. I mean, there's so many. Um. You know, I I do this sort of Asian American directors get-togethers. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of get together, and there's like a group of us, and we talk and hang, and um, and even just from that group, I think you know someone like um, Andrew On, who did Spa Night. Oh yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he's really talented, and I think he has an interesting perspective. Um, part of the group also is uh, this girl named uh, Vera Miao. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Um, she did the um, the, the horror thing, yeah. right? Yeah, I think she's really talented. I saw that it's like for Go Ninety, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. And I, I I saw like a a few of them, and it was so well made. And she's a female Asian horror horror, yeah, director, yeah. which is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. and very talented. Mm-hmm. And I, I I I technically I watched the 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 show, and technically it was all there. Mm-hmm. It was just like you know, when are you gonna give her a few million to do this? at like a bigger level because it's obviously obviously she's very capable mm-hmm. um so you know um yeah basically everybody yeah. <laughs> those are good yeah no yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah those are really good well thank you very much thank justin you. for coming in yeah thanks guys